Welcome to the weekly podcast of the Voice of Healing Radio with Michael Petro. VOH Radio brings an in-depth understanding of the scriptures prophetically, rich revelation of the early church apostolic fathers, and biblical interpretation of the biggest news and political stories of our day. Take VOH Radio with you on the go. Listen on demand weekly. New programs released every Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio.com, TuneIn, and more. To partner with us, please go to voh.church forward slash radio. That's voh.church forward slash radio. Or email us at radio at voh.church. You're listening to The Voice of Healing Radio with Michael Petro. Just want to thank all the listeners out there on The Voice of Healing. Uh, we got a special guest with us. I actually been waiting uh, to interview him. I I talked to him last uh, last month over in uh, San Antonio, and I was hoping to get something done with your brother. But it's it's just been so busy. Um, for those of you that are listening, uh, that are that are wondering what's going on here at the reawakening in Dallas and and this whole conference that's going across the country, it's is really people are being taught about our, the founding fathers, what this country is really all about, and the things that we really need to get back to, not only for our country's sake, but for our, our religious rights' sake, amen. And I'm here with the Reverend Bill Cook, and, and this brother, I mean, I, I really don't want to say too much more because I was listening to him talk about the early formation of our country and I was so touched by it that literally I've been thinking about it for a whole month and here I'm sitting across from him and I brother I'm, I'm just really pleased and grateful to have you here with us and I'm honored to be here uh, you your knowledge of history uh, it, it, uh, it's beautiful and uh, and I just I want you to share a little bit about you know how this all got started this this wonderful thing called democracy mm-hmm. well it got started um because the, the pastors who came to America, going all the way back to the pilgrims, they, they espoused a worldview that was relevant not only to um, not only to how individual people lived their lives uh, morally, Amen. but it was also uh, a worldview that, that dictated, not, as, not from a, dic- a dictatorial sense, but yeah. inspired a form of government that would advance the cause of liberty in, in, in a nation and preserve the, the fundamental rights of human beings, which, which is the reason that most people in, initially came to this country was to escape tyranny yep. and to be able to live as free human beings the way God had made them. Amen. When we look at the framers of our Constitution, who were those men? Well, when, when we think about the framers, we tend to think of the men that put quill to parchment and voted on what we call the founding charters of the Declaration of Independence. Yep. But before those men, and they were great men, they, they accomplished great things. They put their lives on the line to put those things down on paper. I mean, the, the Declaration of Independence was a declaration of rebellion mm-hmm. against arbitrary British rule or, or arbitrary uh, the, the, the rule of the crown in Great Britain. Yeah. But before, before, the, before that, there were the pastors in, in America who had taught the political worldview that's yeah. embodied in the founding charters. They've been taught for decades. 
and it came over with the pilgrims. It came over with the congregational pastors and the people that fled the Laodian persecution in Europe. And so, because of these men, these were great men. They were not like the, you know, I mean, I don't mean to denigrate the pastors we have today. I'm not, that's not my intention. But these were men with incredible gravitas when they, when they were, when they spoke, it was kind of like, um, when E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. <laughs> well, when when, Pat, when clergymen spoke in that era, it, came, it was with great authority, and and uh, yeah. they they knew what they believed, and they they held up a very high standard. And so we 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 got the we got America got the best clergy of Europe. Yeah that came to this country. Well, if you think about it, I mean, what they had to do to pioneer the country to, you know, cut down trees and and have farms and and bring the people together these were these were pioneers of pioneers they weren't these Indeed. were not weak men they they were fighters for a belief amen yes they were and and um, you know they they believed that that what they taught about liberty was just as sacred it was as sacred as you know anything else that god had established in scripture amen and so they, they believed that liberty was a sacred thing that God had given us and entrusted to humanity. Amen. And so they felt to neglect, <clears throat> to ignore the, the importance of liberty, to let liberty be destroyed, yeah. was a crime that was worth fighting for, that was worth going to war for. Amen. And uh, the British recognized that the clergy were the persons responsible for the, for the principles and the founding charters because they... They held them responsible for the rebellion, but they what sure. the British would have called the rebellion against British rule, but it was really the the war for liberty and independence. And so it it was an accurate designation because the clergy who wore black robes, the British referred to them as the black regiment. Yeah, and they they uh, that's where the term came from. We sort of have adopted it today as a as a as a as a badge of honor. Yeah. Because we believe that we need to fight for our country right now. Even as, as pastors, we need to fight for our country, fight for liberty, stand up and contend for it. And then we need to defy arbitrary authority. Yeah. We, we, it's ungodly to submit to arbitrary um, government dictates. Sure. Just like we're seeing today uh, so so clearly in the, in the, in the government's effort to impose tyranny on us in terms of wearing masks. And uh, you know, taking shots that are that are wounding and killing people. Yeah. Um, we believe we have a sacred duty to say no. Amen. That we will not do that. Well, I mean, when we talk about separation of church and state, right? Obviously, it's been twisted, as most of the things in our constitution have been twisted. What do you say to those pastors? And what do you say to those Christians that say, well, that's none of our business. You know, we're just going to sit here and wait till Jesus comes back. And But that really wasn't how this country was founded, no, was it? No, I, I think, here's what I believe, that, um, you know, a lot of pastors say, well, I'm all about the Great Commission. I just want to win souls to Christ. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, when Jesus commissioned his disciples, the first thing he said was, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Mm. All ex, the Greek word is exousia, all authority. Exactly. And I think what that means, I mean, I, I don't have to go into the, into the intricacies of the Greek language to know that all authority means there's nothing left for anyone else. Exactly. So Jesus effectively said, every, all governance is subservient to mine. Amen. 
and uh, he he you know he established his his kingdom in the church. Amen. And you know, think about who Jesus was. I mean, the New Testament in one in Corinthians talks about him as Jesus as the last Adam. That's right. That's a significant designation Amen. because there won't be another. There will be never be another Adam in human history, but that yep. which is that who in other than Jesus Christ. Amen. So what did that mean? What does that statement mean, even though Paul made it long after, you know, years after the resurrection? Mm-hmm. It meant that um, everything that our, our initial father, Adam, had surrendered to the uh, serpent in his mm-hmm. disobedience, Jesus took it all back. It was yes. all his. Amen. So in that statement, all authority is given to me in, in heaven and earth, effectively means that this terra firma on which you you live and move and have your being, it's his realm now. Amen. It belongs to Jesus Christ. Amen. And he effectively said, go into all the world. What he was saying is, you now have the right under my authority to go to every square inch of this planet and proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. Amen. What is the gospel of the kingdom? The gospel of the kingdom is this. Jesus said, he didn't say, Go into all the world, invite people to church services, and get them to ask Jesus into their heart and raise their hand during an altar call, which, you know, those things are fine. God's transformed lives through that. Amen. But what he said was, go into all the world, preach the good news of what I've done, and teach them to observe everything that I've commanded you. Well, that, you know, Jesus said to to some people, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and come follow me. Yeah. It was, he, he had a pretty stout demands on humanity. Exactly. So the, the, the call to preach the gospel is the call to go into the world and call men into subjection to the government of God. Amen. And when men are subjected yeah, oh, brother, to the— Brother, you're saying something that people really need to pay attention right. to right now. Because they, they think, well, I just got to go get people to pray this prayer. But Jesus called not only for— people to give their heart but to surrender everything to his right his kingdom his government and people don't understand kingdom is government and, and we need to get back to his government amen it is the government shall rest upon his shoulders hallelujah and um that's what got you know america if you think about america i think we were talking about this yesterday if you think about think about something as simple well as simple in our minds as the new birth the idea of regeneration Mm-hmm. to be made a new creature. Amen. Think about what Jesus said to his disciples. Think about America as it emerged after a, several hundred years of, year, of history in the, in, in the rest of the world. He said, um, he, he basically, I mean, the, the whole idea of American government had to come from, from the, you know, the, the Christian faith. Sure. It had to. Yeah, yeah. Our enemies know well, it well, is. Well, if, if you look at the, 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 uh, the, the, the constitutions of the originally thir- the original thirteen states colonies, uh, you read clearly in there good moral Christian character Christian 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 Christian. There's no doubt what they were doing and what they were saying. Right, but, I, I would agree with that. But because when you look at at the wickedness that we see now within our government, it would not have been tolerated back then. Learn on the go with the Voice of Healing video on demand platform. Stream hours of rich understanding on any platform, any device, anytime, and anywhere right at your fingertips. Your calling is great and your promise is huge. 
Gain access to all the broadcasts that The Voice of Healing is releasing worldwide and catch fire for this next season. Sign up today by heading to voh.church slash watch and be inspired. No, it would not have been tolerated. And, the, you know, our enemies, you know, the serpent is, is awfully, you know, the, the serpent in the Garden of Eden was the first um, liberal media. <laughs> God said one thing, and once, it, and once it passed through the media, it came out as the exact opposite of what God had said. Amen. And it was that lie that subjugated the entire human race to tyranny. But in that, by, by believing that lie, Adam Eretz, surrendered his seat and authority to the, to the serpent, who arrogated Adam's seat and authority via the instrumentality of deceit, which is the lingua franca of all tyranny. It yeah. is the lingua franca of all tyranny. And so Adam made, made the serpent the prince of the power of the air who basically ruled in the lives of men. He actuated, he actuated men. He, he, he governed their behavior to, to be, be what he was, a liar who kills, steals, and destroys. And it wasn't until Jesus broke his power and said, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth, that that, that, that enslavement of mankind ended. So America could not have come to be unless, the, unless Jesus had risen from the dead, Amen. unless there had been a new birth. Unbelievers, the children of disobedience could not have founded America. They could not have made this country. This country was made, it, it was a country of, by, and for the church. Yeah. The church of Jesus Christ, the called out ones, the true saints. Amen. And that's why we, we have had 250 plus years of, of uh, liberty in America. Even though we seem to be losing it in recent times, uh, the reason we have had liberty is because the church founded this country. And, you know, one other point on that, even our enemies understand that. Uh, China has studied America for decades to yeah. find out to, to, you know, kind of like the Tocqueville said, talked about the greatness and genius of America. What is it that makes, what, what, what is it that uh, has made America great and to make it a genius country? They said, they, in, their st in their learning, with the China, even, even unbelievers, they looked at it and they said, no, it's not the economy. It's not American economics, it's not capitalism, it's not their military prowess, it's not even their great knowledge and ability to innovate, it's none of those things. The, 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 the communist Chinese essentially decided that they came to the conclusion that it was Christianity on top of everything that made America the greatest nation on earth. And so that is why our enemies have, have gone about to destroy all vestiges of Christianity in America. One of the ways they do that is by forcing our children, or trying to force our children to believe absurdities, like a man can marry a man, and a man can be, even though a man is a man, physiologically he can call himself a woman, or, you know, umpteen different uh, genders. It, it, it all attacks biblical principles. It does. And I think, I mean, one of the strongest evidences that every country that is taken upon our law, is all, every one of those countries, they might have been, you know, nothing in the past, but they became superpowers along with us that shows that the Bible is, is fact that it's true and it's the blessing of God. Bill, I want, I want you, you were telling the story about the first shots of the war. Can, can you explain to our viewers how that would happen? Well, in Lexington, which is where the first shots took place, 
Jonas Clark was the pastor of the Church uh, Church of Christ in Lexington. Mm -hmm. He would have been called the most powerful politician in Lexington and Concord. He wrote all the significant state papers, government papers for those two regions. He was very, he was, he was a leader of the, he, you could say Jonas Clark, the pastor, was a statesman. And, um, he had actually, Jonas Clark, the pastor, had actually helped to train the Lexington militia, the people we call today the Minutemen. Yep. And, um, when the night that Paul Revere rode into Lexington, one of the places he went was to the parsonage of Jonas Clark because, Mm -hmm. uh, it was, it was not uncommon for, founding fathers like Sam Adams and John Hancock to be found staying at Clark's home, particularly when they couldn't find safe haven in Boston because they were thought they were considered rebels against the British crown. And they had said some radical things. And so when, when Revere came to Clark's door at midnight, he, he had some news for them. He told, he woke the house at midnight, everybody came to the door and, and he told them the British are coming by land on foot to Lexington. They're coming to seize the weapon stores and powder of the people of Lexington, which they've been, been stockpiling. Mm-hmm. And when and they also had orders, he told them, they're, they're not, to, not to leave Lexington without these two guys that are staying with you, Sam Adams and John Hancock, in stocks. Yeah. By some accounts, not to return without the headless bodies of these men because they were they were they were guilty of uh, sedition. Yep. And the, the the British Crown didn't have a lot of kind ways to deal with people who were engaged in sedition. Sure. So uh, when when they gave that news to to the household, now, now, now when you think about this, you have the most powerful army in the world against a bunch of farmers. Right. But those farmers have Jesus. They have. Je- they knew they had Jesus. They knew where they were going. Amen. They knew that they. They knew. They knew. At least they knew in that generation they had a sacred duty to defend their natural rights. Amen. And when Revere told them that one of the two founders, I don't know if it was Sam Adams or John Hancock, both were devout men, mm. uh, said to Jonas Clark, "Sir, will your people fight?" Well, Clark had prepared them, and yeah. Clark responded. And and Clark responded to that, "I have prepared them for this very hour." And indeed, he had. His when when the Minutemen began to fall out, when the militia began to fall out on Lexington Green, which was adjacent to his church, was effectively the lawn of his church. Yeah. And they they began to assemble at 1 a.m. in anticipation of the arrival of the British. Revere, I mean, sorry, uh, Clark went out to greet them at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I assume if, uh, as a good pastor, he would have prayed for them. He would have steeled their courage. He would have said, "Stand strong," you know. Don't fire until you see the whites of their eyes. You know, don't fire unless fired upon. Yeah. And uh, so then the next day when the sun rose on Lexington Green, uh, Clark watched the entire the entire scene unfold from his parsonage door, which was could easily be seen from his parsonage. Yeah. And when the firing ended, when the shooting ended, there were eight, eight men were dead on Lexington Green, all members of the church. Ten were wounded, all members of his church. And the ensuing funeral, they actually took the eight caskets of the eight, you know, caskets of those wooden, I mean, those wooden caskets of those men, and they piled them one on top of them, on top of the other in the middle of the church. And Clark preached the sermon to, of their funerals. 
Well, the news of what the British had done in Lexington, it was considered an act of murder against the people of Lexington because they were, they were already coming to violate the natural rights of the people of Lexington by taking their weapons and powder. And so that spread throughout the colonies, and it really was the spark that ignited the revolution. I think if the British, in hindsight, the British would not have done that, what they did, yeah. because um, it's what it, it ignited. It united everybody. It did. And um, in the Lexington-Concord region, there were, pa- there were other pastors who were of the same heart and mind as Clark, and they went throughout the countryside telling church congregations, you know, fall out and fight the British on the way back to, to Boston. Yeah. And the road that they travel is known today as, as, as uh, Battle Road. Yeah. And uh, there were pastors who, they turned out hundreds of patriots to fight to, to, take, to fight the British going back to, Le- going back to Bo- Boston. Yeah. And the British lost over 300 men. The Americans wow. suffered about 90, 90, I think 92 or 94 casualties. Yeah. But they, they met Stiff resistance from the from the patriots, and, and among the among them were pastors who were also shouldering their muskets and going against the British. One pastor, he he went against, he went after the British with incredible zeal. He chased them down in thickets and brush. He took his his bayonet and he bayoneted them. This is pastor. Yeah, that's how passionate they were about liberty, about that and, and how how precious it was. Amen. Today we yawn and say. Well, Jesus must be coming back, you yeah. know. And we're not going to fight for liberty. We're just going to wait for Jesus to come. And uh, good luck with that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't. It won't be luck, but yeah. Uh, you know, in reality, where we're at right now, man of God, it's God is, I think, bringing people together to understand the seriousness of our time. But this country was founded on the blood of Christians yes, and, and on the backs. Of, of the pastors and the blood of Christ, <laughs> Amen. And the blood of Jesus. Most importantly, we we need to understand that what has been fought for, uh, you know, our inalienable rights. You know, the right of freedom, the right to speak and, and give our mind things that were lost, and now we're back at a time where they're trying to take those things from us, literally. Because uh, what's left of them? Yeah, that that there's there's no respect for God's word anymore. But I do believe we're on the verge of seeing a massive turn. Well, I'm glad you said that because I I think you know one of the things that uh, our enemies, and by this I mean the global you know Marxist cabal that's trying to um, undermine our country and destroy us, is they what they have not. Reckon, I guess cal- I would say calculated into their uh, strategy is that they are they are coming against the first truly born again nation in American history, Amen. and even though you know it, things look very dark, America is just one revival away yeah. from completely turning this thing around. And uh, I may have said this to you yesterday, but I, 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 have, I believe God can save America. If, if God does not save America from the current tyranny, it'll be because the church did not rise up and exert itself in that battle. And um, there's a verse in Hebrews, I think on days where I've been most discouraged in what I'm doing, trying to get pastors to step up and take, take, a, take a stand in this battle, uh, the Lord has reminded me of the book of Hebrews. 
verses in the eleventh chapter of Hebrews where when I look at the, the when I look at the condition of America where we where we're almost gone where it seems almost gone, where America is like a smoldering wick and a smoldering flax and a burning wick. Um and it seems like it's going to be extinguished. I remember God quickening Hebrews 11 where it says they subdued kingdoms. What men did, they subdued entire kingdoms. They wrought righteousness. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the lions. They quenched the violence of fire. Out of weakness were made strong. Uh, And then it says another thing. You know, America seems to be overrun by godlessness. But it it says they put foreign armies to flight. And one of the things I believe is that this, this, this I'm sure that, that some, you know, theologian would call me her- heretical, that to say that the canon of Scripture is still being written, it's, it's still open. I believe that. And, and that's he, why there's a book of Revelation. That's right. And in Hebrews chapter 11, I believe the, the 11th chapter of Hebrews is still open. Amen. God is looking for... God is looking for men of faith like Gideon. Amen. Who, even though he was, he only had 300 men, men he was willing to stand up for God. And, and so we're in a generation where God can do exploits through men. Amen. And I believe Gideon, Jephthah, Samson, David, Samuel, they're all in that great cloud of witnesses that's looking down on us now. Amen. And they're, they're saying, what are you going to do with America? What are you going to do with the country God gave you? Are you going to, are you going to let it you know, fall into an abyss? Or are you going to stand up and contend for it? They're, they're up there hoping we will do what we need to do to take this country back. And so I believe there are people yet to be added to the book of Hebrews. Maybe not on earth, maybe not in the things we call the Bible today, the books we call the Bible today, but certainly in the heavenly uh, scroll. Amen. Their names need to be added. We need Gideons today who believe that God can do anything. Amen. God can save America. Well, I, I believe it. I believe it's been prophesied. I believe it's been preached. But we're getting ready to see the greatest harvest that's ever been yes. seen. And and right now, a lot of people are saying now's the time. Brother, I want to thank you for coming on with us. We're it's gonna do honor. this again. It's this, an honor, man. This is this is one of the short ones. This will be one of the beginners, but uh, Brother Cook, I mean, um, I, I love the way you uh, talk about, you know, the way that the church was in this country, and, and we really need to get back to our roots and that. And uh, Brother, we're going to do many more shows with Good. you because I, I think it's very important. We need to start teaching this in our theological institutions. Exactly. The men that are coming out as pastors need to need to. Well, understand their, if, their heritage. If, if they don't understand their heritage, they're going to lose it. I'll just tell you that. Right. I mean, because there's other people willing to fight for it. So There is. I'm here with uh, Reverend William Cook, and uh, a blessing to have you, a man of God. Oh, man. and, it's a and uh, We're going to have him again. I know uh, many of you are going to enjoy this, brother. We just want to thank all the viewers out there and all the listeners to The Voice of Healing, and we'll be talking to you tomorrow. God bless you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, partner with us by heading to voh.church forward slash radio. That's voh.church forward slash radio. Your financial gift helps the Voice of Healing Radio bring revelation to God's kingdom and to the nations. Have a testimony or prayer request? Call us at 1-877-440-3737. 
That's 1-877-440-3737. Or send us an email at radio at voh.church. And don't forget to add VOH Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for your current updates. This is the Voice of Healing Radio with Michael Petrone.